Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. Welcome to Lincoln Live. This is Dale Johnson. Thanks for being here for the conversation today. Every Monday through Friday, we sit down with interesting people here, city leaders, authors, interesting people to get their perspective on things. And today is no exception. Lincoln Mayor Larry Ungaylor Bayard is here. Mayor, thank you very much for your time this morning. Oh, it's great to be with you again, Dale. Good morning to all your listeners. We have a lot of things to talk about, and I do want to get time to talk about Lincoln's search for a second water source, we'll get to that, and then to uh, a special flag-raising event in Lincoln tomorrow. So, Mayor, we'll get there. Okay. But I want to start our conversation today with a little preface about a, a sensitive subject, the accusations of uh, sexual misconduct and harassment from within the Lincoln Police Department. Uh, I just want the community to know if they don't already, that I have the utmost respect and highest regard for the, the men and women serving in the Lincoln Police Department. An example being a, a very humbling honor and a great privilege that you were part of, Mayor, at the October dedication for the Fallen Law Enforcement Memorial in front of the Hall of Justice. Um, every day here at KFOR, I, I interact with law enforcement officers on the phone, and at the end of each conversation, I encourage them to stay safe. I've enjoyed my monthly conversations with Police Chief Ewens, and I believe we have a very respectable relationship going there. So, so I don't bring this subject up, Mayor, uh, looking for any gotchas or any broadcast exclusives. That's, that's not me. But I ask for a couple of reasons. Uh, to better understand what's going on within city structure to reduce and then eliminate the persistent claims of sexual assaults and harassments against female police officers and and two mayor there are hundreds of dedicated men and women who treat all citizens in this community and all of their fellow co-workers with the respect they deserve so that's my platform to to get into this question about an issue that came up in the journal star this week uh, police officer luke bonkowich is uh, serving a 30-day suspension which began february 8th for what Chief Ewan said was, quote, not fully and accurately providing information to an internal affairs investigator, end quote. Instead, in March of last year, while the search was going on to find a new police chief, uh, Officer Bonkowitz reportedly sent your office an email documenting up to 14 different incidents of male officers sexually assaulting or harassing female police officers. And I would like your take on what Officer Bonkowitz said in that email 
is a pervasive subculture within the Lincoln Police Department? Well, Dale, like you, I have the utmost respect for our public safety personnel, and I'm very proud of the men and women of LPD. And my administration and the Lincoln Police Department are absolutely committed to creating a culture of excellence that's free from discrimination and harassment. And so, I mean, I think we've got to look at the big picture just as you stated. And I want to acknowledge that LPD, like any other department in the city, thoroughly investigates and responds to any employee complaints. And that includes complaints that relate to events that predate this administration and, and my administration is, is committed to following through on any complaints that come to us even if they do refer back to things that allegedly happened years ago because we are absolutely committed to making sure that there's a positive and safe working environment for everyone who works in the city. And I have a lot of trust and confidence in those investigative processes. I'm really confident in our new chief and the leadership of LPD, as you are. And so, you know, these things are going to take time to work through those processes of investigation and making sure that every person has that kind of fair treatment and uh, respectful addressing of their issues. And so, you know, that that is where we are, it is a steady drumbeat of working towards excellence and improving at the department, we're constantly in the pursuit of delivering our services and working through any sort of internal issues uh, in a way that 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 people deserve who work here at the city and that our residents deserve from their police department. Uh, if I could refer back to that email from Officer Bonkowitz, he described what he called a dark undercurrent of LPD, a pervasive subculture. I've already used that term. But to extend that sentence, a pervasive subculture that marginalizes female officers and ex ex excuse me, ignores reports of sexual harassment. If you had a chance to talk to a woman who was thinking about becoming a Lincoln Police Department and she brought this up, what would you tell her? I would tell her that the Lincoln Police Department is an excellent police department, one of the best in the country, and that... Obviously, in any field like like mine, like you know, being in executive leadership and politics, where you as a female are in the minority, you're going to face challenges because you're paving uh, a path that's not as well worn. But part of culture change, part of of creating new norms, is actually being in the mix and making positive change happen. And I would say that our department. LPD, LFR, all you know, all across the city, we are constantly iterating towards greater excellence and inclusivity. That is a major value that we share. That we are, we want to be welcoming, inclusive, fair, and excellent. And I'm very confident in this organization. And that as time unfolds, as these processes are worked through, that. Everyone can come away understanding the facts, understanding that a fair process took place, and we'll get the results that we get. Mayor, I want to ask you a question that I asked uh, Police Chief Ewens. We looked each other in the eyes, and I said, is the Lincoln Police Department a good old boys club? How, do, how would you answer that question? Uh, I, I mean, uh, I would say it is... Uh, agency that is predominantly staffed by men. 
I don't know what you mean uh, specifically about that, but I think that it is full of professionals who are trained and committed to serving the public with excellence and who need to have good working relationships with each other in order to do their jobs well. And there are people there and across the city organization who are very committed and who take any complaints very seriously. And if they don't, then we address that. So, you know, I don't believe that there is a massive problem, but where there are issues raised, we will investigate and address appropriately. I know you're disgusted just as I am and just as uh, other people who have read this email are, that there are some pretty disgusting claims made by Officer Bonkowicz on the part of male police officers doing things not only to female police officers, but also to uh, female civilians and people who are not on the force. Um, I don't want you to address any of them specifically, but... Uh, I'm assuming that you read the email, and I'm assuming that you were just as disgusted as I am, if even half of those 14 claims are true. Look, as I said, that we are committed to creating a culture of excellence where people do not experience discrimination and harassment, and so any issues that have been raised are being addressed. Fair enough, Mayor. I greatly appreciate you opening up like that. I, I truly do, because it's uncomfortable, it's sensitive, and oftentimes awkward. So I thank you for doing that. Let's move on to some other things. Uh, the Fairness Ordinance, the Nebraska Family Alliance needs 4,000 signatures to force the City Council to follow up on the Fairness Ordinance, passed by the Council on Monday the 14th. Uh, it's very possible that this group could get that number of signatures. Ten years ago, there were 10,000 signatures gathered. Uh, what do you see happening if enough signatures are gathered on the petitions to, to stop the ordinance from taking effect? Right. It, as you mentioned, it's a really low threshold of signatures, so it's, it's very likely that those could be gathered. And I think what's really important here is for everyone in our community to understand how vital these essential um, changes to our non-discrimination code are for the future of our community. How important they are for people in our community because we need to have a community that is based in respect and fairness and belonging and that's how we do the right thing by our people but it's also how we compete and right now there is competition for workforce, there is competition for new businesses and people and businesses want to locate in communities and want to stay in communities where they know that they can feel safe and respected and that they'll be free from discrimination. So this legislation is absolutely vital. And the vocal minority who are out there gathering signatures are, you know, are, are doing damage to our community and not looking at the big picture. And so I really support these changes. You know, if those signatures are gathered, then there will be, you know, options on the table for how to proceed to make sure that we can provide these protections when needed, just as over 400 other communities across the country do. Let's, let's be a competitive, respectful, upright community that treats everyone fairly and with respect. That's, that's the Lincoln that we want to be. Mayor, I'm not quite sure why gubernatorial candidate Jim Pillen is jumping in on this, but he's uh, got a campaign position that uh, says the city's fairness ordinance also 
broadens the powers of the City Human Rights Commission to develop its own definition of harassment and then levy fines arbitrarily based upon that definition. Uh, is that true? Look, he's running for governor and he's trying to get attention. And, you know, what I would like to see from people who are running to serve everyone in our state is respect for everyone in our state. Mayor, we, we do have enough time here. I don't want it to get away from us without talking about Lincoln's search for a second water source. Could you bring us up to speed on that? Yes. So if you look around our community, you won't see a river. <laughs> you won't see a major source of water. And that's because Lincoln was, of course, founded to be near salt flats that were very valuable. We get our water from Ashland, the Platte River. That's where our, our well fields are. And as we saw in the massive, severe weather events of 2019, those well fields um, can you know, be impacted by severe storms. That bomb cyclone did damage to our well fields. We know we need redundancy, and we know to support the growth of our community, we need another source. Over the next few decades, we need to get to another source of water to ensure that when you turn on your tap, water is flowing. And so uh, the... The really talented folks at Lincoln Transportation Utilities have been working on this for several years. We are actively engaged with the state legislature trying to secure resources to help us create that path to the second source of water so that your kids and your grandkids and mine and everyone in our community has uh, the ability to thrive well into the future. It's just an essential service that the city provides and, and we'll, we're going to find our path. And what options are available and at what point is development so right now we're actually engaged in working with um, folks who can help us study the best path forward you know there are certainly some options about you know looking at regional water supply there's looking at going to the missouri uh, there's no easy answer to this but it is an engineering and a technical solution so we're engaging with engineers and those who can help us develop that technical solution so that we can then line up our resources and prioritize how we invest in the water system so we can get there. Is there a time frame on this? Projects like this just don't develop in two, three, four, five, six years. Where, where's the time frame on it? Right. So, you know, we estimate that the new water source is needed uh, to be in place sort of in the range of 2040 to 2050. And so right now we're looking at the next few years being some of the planning stages of identifying the path and understanding what testing needs to be done to determine which paths are feasible. You know, if we, if we connect in and to MUD's um, water system, we need to make sure that our water is compatible for that to even be an option. So there's a lot of studying and technical work that has to be done to make sure that we have the path necessary to secure that second water source for our community. And it's going it's, it's to be a very long-term project. Mayor, less than a minute. Talk about, uh, tell listeners about tomorrow's flag raising event. Yeah, we're really excited. You know, our community has adopted a new city flag full of symbolism about the kind of community we want to be, a welcoming place, a place of abundant resources, a, a place where everyone can belong. And we're going to be raising our new banner at the arena tomorrow, and the public is welcome to join. It's going to be a, the starts at 4 p.m. The program's at 4.30, and we'll, uh, we'll be celebrating this new emblem for our community. A new flag designed by uh, a person right here in Lincoln. 
Yes, that's right. Ed Mejia, who will be speaking tomorrow, um, is a designer, and he crafted this flag based on his own experiences of what it's like to join the Lincoln community and to have lived here for, for years and years. And, uh, you know, it is really, if you look at the flag, you, you do see Lincoln as a beacon, as a welcoming place, a place where everyone can can pursue their dreams and thrive, and that is the message we want to send to the world. There's a lot of symbolism in Lincoln's new flag, and if you haven't uh, checked it out, good listeners, uh, just go on and, and uh, find the, the pieces that have uh, evolved to, to make Lincoln's new flag what it is today. Mayor, we've uh, touched on some uh, very encouraging things and uh, some sensitive things. I appreciate you talking about them. Oh, you bet. Thank you, Dale. Lincoln Mayor Larry Ann Gaylor-Bayer joining me for Lincoln Live.